0: And boom goes the dining. i I'm tonight. So watch me bring the fire, set the night light. Shoes and on, the dynamo. Get up in the moon, cup of milk, let's rock and roll. Kink out, kick the drum, rolling on like a Rolling Stone. Sing song when I'm walking home, jump up to the top of LeBron. And Think boom, dumb, boom Call me on my phone, Nice tea, and I'll
1: get my ping pong. And welcome to episode 79 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite review show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, a nice uh, prime number for our return to Wednesday night programming. It's
0: Wednesday, and Wednesday is the night that we usually make podcasts. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, oh, we're back, baby. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It means boom goes the dynamite on its regular time slot. We have returned triumphantly to becoming and being the AEW Dynamite instant recap podcast. We've always promised you, the listener, that we are. Of course, uh, next week, we're
1: coming <laughs> back on Saturday because... But that's not our fault. It's because... It's not
0: our fault. They did it. They started it. Yeah, they did it this time, so... They did it. So, so we are just, we're doing what we have to do, but uh, it's great to be back on a Wednesday night, Jeff. This is a lot of fun. Uh, It's a different like preparation kind of process. And like the takes I think are different when we don't have like the time to stew. And I'm, it's been a couple of months now uh, since we've done these on Wednesday nights. So I'm really excited to kind of get our thoughts back out right after the show ends and kind of have the whole week and the conversation open to our listeners and to our Twitter, which is BGTD podcast on Twitter. Uh, this is a lot of fun, man. I'm ready to go. All right, well, let's get right. As far as prime numbers goes, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cool, you dork, <laughs> nerd, counting and stuff. <laughs> or are you keeping a recording device in your pocket protector for this podcast?
1: Maybe. Who wants to know? Punk.
0: Nerd.
1: Um, two uh, bits of news we got to discuss beforehand. Number one. Number one, uh, Tony Khan apparently announced today on uh, on Dave LaGreco's show on Sirius XM that uh, dropped the bomb that uh, Dynamite will be moving to TBS in yeah, 2022. And-, and they're adding another show on 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 Turner Network Programming.
0: So TBS, not to be confused with BTS, uh, who do the opening music for this very podcast. Not, TBS. Not, uh, not that they know that. But. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sh- don't tell them. Uh, the, and uh, the Superstation. They are a superstation. This makes sense. Uh, they were the, with the NHL deal and with what's already going on with the NBA. They were uh, getting preempted and were you know, poised to be preempted quite a bit. Uh, So this frees them up to, you know, make sure that their show stays in their time slot on most nights. They're also adding quarterly TNT specials to the card, which is sort of similar to something they already do. So I would assume that things like Fight for the Fallen, Fighter Fest, uh, and shows like that are going to be maybe these... These quarterly specials, these events.
1: Now, I, I am fully down for these quarterly, you know, Clash of the Champions as <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, events.
0: Yes, yes, this Clash of the Champions, which makes sense. I don't think this is going to be that. I think they are going to use like separate themed events each quarter. I don't think it'll be like a, a. It's AEW's, you know, quarterly mayhem or whatever they call it.
1: Yeah, or something.
0: Yeah. But uh, it's a Clash of the Champions, like. Uh, like battle of oh battle of the tough guys
1: like from uh from from no holds barred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call it battle of the tough guys. What about uh? How about wrestle Frassle from uh from regular show? Oh yeah, or uh, the original name for WrestleMania, Colossal Tussle. Oh, I never knew that.
0: No okay, shit. Yeah. So I mean, oh, wow. it was one of the working titles. So one of the many working titles for WrestleMania at one point was Colossal Tussle.
1: Wow. Um. Yeah. So. I, I I do think it's odd to me personally that they are moving to TBS because to me it seems even though I know that TBS are technically in more homes TNT seems to be the more prestige network because they are the ones that carry you know the big movie premieres and the um you know, the, 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 NBA and the NHL, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I I don't think that's going
0: to affect their viewership a bit. And I also don't really think that matters anymore. I think that's all just kind of in our heads. I don't think like prestige, like there really are no prestigious cable networks anymore. It's all streaming services, all of the top, you know, cable networks, HBO chief among them have moved towards a, you know, a streaming first mentality anyway, uh so you know they'll still get their same viewership they won't you know get moved off of Wednesday's more and the TNT events will feel more special and you know uh, as you mentioned they're adding another show to their slate which will be a Friday night event called AEW Rampage
1: Yeah so uh well a lot well, of content a
0: lot of content coming from AEW how do you think they're going to work this uh taping wise That's a lot of stuff
1: to tape they can't I, just do this all on a Wednesday night I do not know <laughs>
0: I'm assuming they're getting back to touring shows, so I think maybe we get two touring shows a week.
1: Well, yeah, I guess we'll find out sooner or later. Uh, I don't see we'll, how else we work this, or they have a set
0: venue for one thing, and maybe they'll continue to use Daily's Place for the B and C show tapings and then tour Dynamite. It's hard to say.
1: Yeah, but you know that actually may not be a bad idea. Come to I think guess of it. watch this space because another thing we should
0: announce uh with that is that of course we're going to have to cover this event not in the way I wanted to cover, you know, dark and dark elevation, <laughs> but uh That that you know, famously, if you listen to this podcast, was a broken promise on my part, which you know, again, I think is a good thing because I just don't think that was really podcast worthy content. This is a one hour show, so I think as far as recapping goes, one, it'll fit tie in with AEW's main canon a lot more, and two, uh, a lot easier content wise to get like a thirty minute or less recap podcast in, which is what I imagine uh, we're probably going to do rather than bloat this show every Wednesday with trying to cover both. Each week, so uh, expect a Friday night podcast from us in some form or fashion, probably short form, thirty minutes or less.
1: Um, and I'll come. I'll tell you the title later when I decide it. Which All I'm right, pretty close. To the title. Okay. <laughs> so the second bit I want to announce. So there was some weirdness uh, with yesterday's dark episode because uh, Wrestler Royce Isaacs had in the afternoon had tweeted out a an actual AEW looking graphic that he was going to be wrestling against uh new japan's ren narita on dark and you know royce Isaacs, uh he he and his partner in the west coast wrecking crew have been on njpw strong now
0: yes that's actually a match that i uh i was seeking out today on youtube ah
1: and uh so and then it turns out that that match didn't happen no no, it did not. And apparently that's not the only match that didn't happen, because I guess there was supposed to be a Cal Jack versus Danny, L- Danny Limelight match that also did not make the final dark cut. So, there, Look, they tape
0: a lot of matches on that. There's only so much time. Danny Limelight did get um, a match in a tag formation uh, against Moxley and Kingston. Which I did see on Dark though.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, some some weirdness there. I, I, and, yeah. And uh, you know, and uh, apparently uh, Royce Isaacs had actually deleted the tweet before uh, Dark went live. So I I I don't know. <laughs> interested to get some explanation out of that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there.
1: Yeah, that that, that is kind of weird. Because I mean, I did say, and I even wrote it on on my New Japan blog, Strong Style Story at that I, I thought that be, there, there was plenty of ta- room. I mean, this was a pre-taped show, so that obviously they still had dark and dark elevation content to tape. So I, I thought that it was reasonable that they we, we could get more Yuji Nagata or even Ren Narita content. And then some of that is advertised, and then it just doesn't happen
0: yeah i guess maybe that match didn't come to fruition maybe narita just didn't have time maybe there was and eh, maybe they decided and eh, we don't need it
1: or Who they knows? or i don't know i mean it's weird i mean it would have been taped a week ago though
0: yeah uh so interesting maybe just it was a short match they didn't have time for and didn't feel like airing it maybe it wasn't very good
1: i don't know i don't know maybe we'll find out soon enough but uh i would think so Anyway, I know you didn't watch Dark or Dark Elevation, so we're not not going to do the I
0: did actually watch bits and pieces of it because, like I said, I I was seeking out that Narita match. I also wanted to um, see uh, uh, the Moxley Kingston stuff. I wanted to see uh, Lance Archer and Bear Bronson was a match I wanted to seek out because I love a big boy hoss fight. So I, I did look for that one and watch that one. I watched Griff Garrison singles match. And uh, one or two other matches. I, I did. I did watch a couple things from it. And uh, yeah, there was some nice stuff. I think that's the best way to enjoy Dark and Dark Elevation is to just kind of tune into the stuff that interests you and just put it up on the YouTube. You don't don't feel obligated to watch the entire thing every time. But if you see a match that you like, that's what it's there for. It's on demand. Uh, and also, big huge shout out to Paul White for one of the part of the matches I did tune in for on Elevation. He. Uh, showed himself to be a great professional broadcaster by referencing the Seinfeld character, the soup Nazi without actually saying soup Nazi. Very pro move. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was like, uh, yeah, he, he denied him like the, uh, like the guy who says no soup for you on Seinfeld. Remember that? No soup for you.
1: And with that, <laughs> we go pre-taped the Daily's place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 79, of AEW Dynamite, your hosts Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, who are joined by Taz for our first match of the evening: Christian Cage versus Matt Sydal. Uh, oh, loser uh,
0: Taz was the commentator for this match.
1: If Matt Sydal loses, uh, Mike Sydal has to go home. At least in in my fantasy world, that was the stipulation uh-huh. of this match.
0: I'm uh, so I think I figured it out. So. Has Mike Seidel dressed up like the Burger King from the early 2000s and snuck up behind you before while you were eating a sandwich?
1: Uh, Is that what it is? No, but, I mean, now that you mention it... (laughs) We're going to get to the bottom of this, Jeff. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, What did you think of this match? I think Matt Seidel's really
0: good. I think Christian Cage has had a really good... I don't know if it's him booking his opponents or who's kind of making his opponent choices, but very inspired in like his his three matches so far they've been three very different wrestlers with very different styles that have brought out different parts of Christian Cage's game and i, I don't think it is fair to say like he's working out ring rust cuz i don't think he has any he looks fantastic uh, I don't think he's lost a step at all, but it's nice to see him uh, uh, bring those elements of his wrestling game like back out to the to fans, uh, kind of in phases, right? Like he had that match with Powerhouse Hobbs that was more like surviving, outlasting, showing he's still in shape and he can still take a shot. Uh, the match with Frankie Kazarian that he can work with, you know, like a, a veteran hand, a worker, and get that kind of wrestling match in. And now he has a match with uh, Matt Seidel, the guy who can get from the top ropes and do really athletic stuff and do flippies and jumpies, and he can survive through that too. And uh, I think it's really bringing back Christian Cage to the fans' consciousness in the exact right way.
1: Uh, I just, I mean, to me, you're right for that analysis. I, I, To me, it just seemed like this was just another 10-minute TV opener. It did its job. Uh, Yeah, Christian Cage matches are. And I think we've talked about that, especially with
0: the powerhouse house match. These matches have a very specific purpose, right? Like Christian Cage's big thing, I think, is going to be the Battle Royal. We'll get to that. And then, you know, his eventual title shot, we're going to see him get that really big match. Christian Cage has a few, like, really big deals left in him, right? So use them properly. Uh, But the time he's gotten so far, I think, have been very effective.
1: Uh, Respect was shown after the match that uh, Christian Cage did win with the kill switch. Uh, Afterwards, we get Ricky Starks coming out with, Oh God, that drip, the suit and the sandals, no shirt, no socks. And 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 still got, still gets service, still gets the service. Uh, Team Taz attacks, both uh, Seidel and Christian Cage from behind Uh, Adam page, comes in to try to make the save, but then he gets uh he gets walloped by uh by uh Brian Cage once again. Um quick
0: uh note, did you see Hook hit that Northern Lights suplex? I did. Ooh, the boy is crisp. Northern I lights hook flex. No one's surprised that Hook can hit a suplex, but like he can hit a really nice looking suplex. I think that kid's gonna be something man.
1: Yeah, 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 i mean, if you were Book Tazson, and you can't throw a suplex. Yeah, what there, are we even doing th- here? Like th- there's an it's issue. It's the least
0: surprising part of his repertoire, but it's just nice to see,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then transition from that into a uh, promo with the Varsity Blondes, and I did not realize that uh, Julia Hart, who I think only debuted last week. Yes,
0: uh, she's uh, she's part of the gang now. They kind of made her a part of the squad on Dark Elevation. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I have mentioned that if you have a unit or, or, or you're trying to get a stable together uh, and uh, there are women wrest actually wrestling in your company, I think that you should add a woman to your unit. At least one woman to your uh, to your stable. Yeah, no, we this is something we've
0: definitely talked about, and I think it fits. Uh, you know, you have another young up and comer with like an athletic pedigree. She was a national champion, I think, cheerleader or uh, something like that. Something with like that. That's like something that's like a sport in high school and college, but isn't big in pros. Right. She was a, she was a champion at one of those deals. Uh, so that's like you know goes along with Pillman and uh, Griff's pedigree with them being former football players. Uh, she's got the look. She's a varsity blonde. Yeah, she's a titular varsity blonde. So yeah, I think that's gonna work
1: so yeah so we get a, uh, a a heartfelt promo from uh nope from, I see what you did there. oh <laughs> actually i didn't even think about that uh from my uh, you, you, your beautiful baby boy's idiot cousin yes but,
0: uh... Uh, i mean this was gonna be pillman's show because of his rub uh, i do like the uh the writing in it when he mentioned you know i've only you've only been on the dark side of the ring see what he did there he did the, he yeah. said the thing which oh, yeah. i thought was nice uh, Griff got a few words in, very excited for that. Uh, it got me more excited for this match. You can see the intensity there. You know, they're pretty green as far as like the, you know, just cutting it off the cuff promo game goes. But I think we're seeing them come along and you can see the enthusiasm there, which is a big part of what you want of a babyface tag team.
1: Uh, we come back and we get uh, dueling uh, backstage uh, pre-tape promos from uh, both John Moxley and Eddie Kingston and the acclaimed. Uh, this is fun. It was fun. I, I I liked Mox and Kingston trying to break down the whole super kick party thing.
0: Yeah, what is a super kick party? Do you have to super kick to be at the party? These are important questions. You know, I've thought about that too. Like, what if maybe my hamstrings are a little tight and I don't feel like super kicking, but I want to go to the super kick party because, like, a few of my friends are there that I haven't seen in a while. Like, we were all planning on hanging out. Like, this is, like, the plan they made, and now they're going to, like, make me super kick, and it just kind of feels awkward, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, this transitions into our second match of the uh said John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the acclaimed um uh, dueling themes here because <laughs> first of all uh we now have the X version of Wild Thing as in yes. yeah, because of course X seen is now a gun-toting libertarian weirdo and will sell out for anybody but also of course the real story here is that this is also the version of wild thing that what used by one Atsushi onita
0: i mean like so will maynard james keenan but i'll listen to tool like you know whatever
1: i mean <laughs> yeah i mean i still listen to los angeles by x but yeah I just know <laughs> that you know x seen servenka is kind of a weirdo now and god knows what happened with john doe so but
0: look this <laughs> is i mean most importantly this is ricky vaughn's entrance walkout music uh, in major league which uh, uh really is what fits this and I think is a better version of Wild Thing for Mox's walkout.
1: Well, yeah, so, um, but, but I mean, just, let's face it—we all know it, it's the immediate thing that he's 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 referencing yeah. here. Yeah,
0: but it was it, it was it was the right thing to do, and it works. Uh the
1: acclaimed, the acclaimed
0: their, you know their,
1: their, their their entrance just ensured how dead they were going to be. <laughs> well, this is something I
0: you know I worried about on Twitter is how do you insult moxley and kingston without getting murdered and uh uh, max caster didn't really care about the consequences he went for it and this is why we've talked about uh the acclaim since their debut uh on this show these guys are the real deal max caster is a future top heel and he's really accelerating that timeline week to week this guy's got everything man he is one of the best shitheads i've seen since um i don't know like 2014 rollins uh, well i, I wasn't watching sure well i haven't watched
1: you know WWE. you haven't
0: watched it but I, I would think that's like a transformative heel run that i think over the last decade is like where i'd compare it to because i think people really want to cheer for him and i think that's kind of the i think that's where people think they are we're at with them is that they're gonna like make themselves babyface by being too entertaining don't underestimate how good they are at just being dicks
1: right i mean they have succeeded admirably so far it
0: was Yeah. A couple of great lines uh, talking about Eddie Kingston's dated style, something that I've mentioned on this podcast as well. Eddie Kingston dressing like me in like, you know, late middle school, early high school. Right. uh, Circa 2004. So that sounds about right. Looking like a box of Newport's. Uh, a line that Max Caster used. I wow. thought that was good. Said he looked like a box of Newports. Uh, and he also said that uh, Renee was gonna hit him up for some quote oral sessions. Yeah. Which is the name of Renee's podcast. So, yes, it is. So it's the name yeah. of the pot. That's they're not talking about sloppy toppy. Or as uh as the seven eleven Twitter account said today, uh, good morning, Slurp peeps, who's getting that slurp today? Uh, the
1: answer, Ooh, it wee. turns out, was Max Caster. Wow, uh, by the I did see uh, I did see uh, Renee Paquette uh, re- reply to <laughs> reply I know, to the she had a nice reply. yeah she had a nice little reply. Um, can we talk the color coordination between uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston today? Because of course yes! we know that Eddie Kingston likes to do the, uh, the, the 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 Toshiaki Kawada color scheme. He he, he has confirmed yeah. it to me a million times over. <laughs> and we've seen him do Misawa and uh, and Kiratawae too. Uh, still waiting for that Kobashi one, brother. Come on, man. But also, did you notice Mox had the uh, had the yellow Mox on his uh, on his black uh, gear today? Yes, he had Mox
0: spray painted over the thing that said Mox. Yeah,
1: but it was in so yellow. That's so great. But it was in that's yellow. So, um, I, I I still think because remember. Fox's two, 2019 New Japan run, he was wearing, like, the, the compression shorts, right? So Yes, he,
0: a little hardware
1: around him. Yeah, so there he you. could have brought that back, only done them in red to really cement the uh, the whole Holy Demon Army uh, cosplay thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it, uh, was,
0: uh, it was a good look, and, you know, I'm a big fan of tag teams matching, even if they're not, like, traditional tag teams with names, even if they're, like, guys who came together. Yeah, start wearing similar gear. It's fun. Uh I thought this match was really fucking good. Absolutely. Uh it was a blast. The, the acclaimed can also wrestle. Here's the thing. Like and, and, and Anthony Bowens um was a guy who a lot of people like looked at as like a future star. Famously, a man who was under NXT's control and they literally forgot to sign. This is a true story. <laughs> he was in NXT. WWE had him. He was there. He was ready to go and they just straight up forgot to sign him his contract expired and tony khan came calling well and here we are and like and here they, we are they paired him with max caster who i don't i don't think he could have found a better teammate these guys are perfect for each other they really vibe off each other well their styles both in ring and outside compare and contrast very well this is a future top tag team
1: Uh, speaking of NXT, can we, uh, can I just, uh, give the, uh, the, the one finger salute to Drake works.
0: Oh yeah. Bye bitch. (laughs) See ya. Um, he's got a, but like for now it's fun. See you later.
1: Yeah, whatever. I'm sure Ian rotten will be booking him momentarily any second now. Um, I did see John Wayne Murdoch expressly say that, uh, uh, that won't be them. (laughs) Uh, Well, good. You know what? John Wayne Murdoch has raised his, uh, has raised his stock uh, quite a bit. John Wayne Murdoch. Shout out to him for a couple
0: of reasons. One, he's an awesome deathmatch wrestler. Two, uh, he follows back, which is very kind of him. And three, his Twitter account is wonderful. He uses it to mostly post pictures of his rabbits, and they're adorable. Aww. Just simply adorable. Follow John Wayne Mur- I'm going to plug John Wayne Murdoch at the end of the show.
1: Let's go. All right. All uh- right mox gets the pin on uh who was it, it was on bowens wasn't it, got, it on um, bowens. got on bowens after a an assisted death rider um yeah, this match ruled i loved it and
0: uh very good stuff uh this was a show that even on paper and through the execution of it was very much geared towards showing you the future of dynamite without them being the stars of the show right like a lot of your future stars took losses here but they got big rubs and this was like another one of those like you took some of your top guys to show you who's next
1: yeah and also you know i, I... I, I am liking the, the whole uh, dynamic of Eddie Kingston being the face in peril for for the for the Mox uh, hot tag. You Which, know?
0: you know, for those two's wrestling in-ring styles is perfect. Eddie Kingston is one of the best underdogs in the ring. Like, one of the best at being down and, like, getting the people behind him. He's one of the most genuinely likable wrestlers in the whole business. And Mox, just an energy guy. He's been able to, you know, feed off of that, and especially if, and now that we have crowds back. Uh, uh, that crowd energy, he like really gets him going, gets him animated, and makes him even better.
1: Yeah. Uh, we then go backstage with Alex Marvez trying to talk to Chris Jericho as uh, Dean Malenko uh, tries to uh, help out. Well, Dino, uh, Jericho. nice to see Dino. Um, yeah, he. You can tell the Parkinson's is starting to get to 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 old Dean Chino. Well, You know,
0: it's it's look, man. We've seen that if you're a combat sports fan. You know, if you've been into boxing or mixed martial arts or pro wrestling, you've probably seen the effects of Parkinson's disease on people you've been a fan of before. It's 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 an uphill battle, man. It's really hard stuff to see him out there, you know, getting on TV, still doing the work by all accounts. He's still a great trainer, a great coach and a great mind. All the best to him, man. I was uh, uh, expecting maybe Jericho to be like, yeah, Dean, but hold on. Hold seven. (laughs) Arm bar. <laughs>
1: yeah. They, well, they, well, they, they, but they did, they did actually reference that. Yeah, they did <laughs> They did they didn't actually reference that sketch. Um, I just want to point out that everybody, with all the talk of Brian Pillman, uh, I was at the final, um, Pillman show. Where was are you the, the only, that was the only one I was at, I was at, but yes, oh, I, well. I was at the final Pillman show in which D Malenko, uh, abruptly retired after his match. He awesome. announces retirement right then and there. Sometimes so. you have to abruptly retire. Yeah, so it was uh, that was that was something. It worked for Vontae Davis. It did, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Um, we then get a uh, in-ring interview with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, along with uh, Tony Schiavone. Um, so they the, they have clearly matched up who who's feuding with whom. Scorpio is is with Sting, and then Ethan Page with Darby Allen. Um,
0: yeah, you got to man up and take your guy. You're playing a man-to-man defense. They're keeping it very simple. Uh, but you know, when you have it, when you're going against a veteran and a young upstart, uh, sometimes, you know, the simplest defense is the best defense. And they're just going to try to lock their man down and try to keep the points down.
1: Uh, Sting and, and, uh, Darby Allen do, uh, eventually engage with, uh, Scorp and Ethan. Uh, Not- Ethan Page gets booed so vociferously,
0: I thought I was standing back in the Logan Square Auditorium at a freelance wrestling show. Ooh. <laughs> that, that
1: that's, a, that's a nice reference. God, I, <laughs> God, I miss Logan Square Auditorium. Oh, uh, me
0: too, Jeff. Me too. And like is happening in June. I have some friends going to Warrior. The Warrior card looks great. And I'm excited for for Warrior to be back and doing their thing. I think those Stadium Series matches are very cool. Uh, but yeah, man, if you're a Chicago wrestling fan or if you've been to Chicago and you've been to wrestling at the Logan Square Auditorium, you know that there are a few places like it. Uh, it's it's one of the best places I think. And I I've seen wrestling in many in multiple states around the country and in some really cool venues. I do think it's one of the best places to see wrestling uh, uh, in these in these United States.
1: Jeff, it really is. But you know, AAW's Back to running shows where they keep running in Marionette Park. Uh, yeah, probably because Marionette Park's outside of Cook County. So Yeah, they're
0: also running at, at the Galley Arena uh, in Villa Park as well. Oh, that's well. right. No, they are
1: running at Galley's Arena. I think
0: their next set, they're
1: going to run at the Galley Arena. Home of
0: Galley Lucha.
1: Yes, indeed. You know, I didn't realize that there were actually – there are actually multiple Lucha promotions in Chicago until recently. There is so much wrestling in Chicago. There. It really is. The,
0: it's the best wrestling city. Like, you know, you think it's bullshit, and then you get there, and you're like, yeah, this really is the best wrestling city. There's... If you're walking on the street and, like, people are just wrestling fans, you don't get that really anywhere else. Not in the way it is in Chicago.
1: Um, you're right. Although, I will note that when I was in Leeds uh, – I'm sorry, in Carlisle, England, trying to catch my train to Leeds – I, uh, on the train platform, I got passed by, I I was wearing my, in Gobernables hoodie with my, with one of my Pentagon shirts, and a guy walked past me, and he's wearing a Marty Skrull shirt, and the dude actually shot me a dirty look. (laughs) I think, first of all, he's the one that deserves the dirty look. Yeah, like, dude, it ain't that deep, you know?
0: (laughs) You're the one wearing the much more sus piece of clothing, first of all. Right. Right. Like you might want to check yourself, there, buddy.
1: Like, dude, we're in Carlisle, England. Okay, just <laughs> chill, dude. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Scorpion, Scorpion, Paige try to uh, make their escape, but they're cut off by the Dark Order, and uh, so the, the the this whole shenanigan continues. And then, this
0: continues to be a thing, and I think it ties in with something else that we see
1: tonight. So uh, we then get a. Uh, promo with the pinnacle at dinner uh opening up with warload chugging pinnacle that at pinnacle if you will uh, chugging that that bottle <laughs> so fun that, that you was, know what Excuse by me. by the
0: way so uh, that's that, basically the rate that i was drinking wine before this podcast so i get it
1: um can i just mention that sean spears uh pulled one of the things that you should never do i don't care if you're a heel or what never assault service workers
0: He's the bad guy.
1: So, I like, don't yeah. care. Don't do it. Oh. Mean, that makes you from a, that takes you from bad guy to complete asshole. Yeah.
0: That's, that's literally the point is a TV character. I know it's working.
1: It's <laughs> the you, point. But, but, but even MJF says, you know what? You, you've overstepped the line and you know, here's Tully having to toss a, a, a stack of bills which, again, really uh,
0: a more heel move. Just we can throw money at these problems to make them go away. It all tied in perfectly for
1: me. Actually, uh, Chris Chris D'Amazono came up with a better idea, which was uh, Sean Spears once again costing his people more money than he's really worth. You know, the same story he's done since he signed to AEW. So. Oh. And by all accounts,
0: he is, like, a really good locker room guy and a great, like, uh, in-ring training partner.
1: Okay. How, how much of this do we kayfabe, though?
0: i mean you know you can so so here's the thing the thing you're mad about at like for him is kayfabe and the thing i think he's good for is real life
1: well but i got mad at at team taz too for assaulting you know the 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 merch guys just don't assault the workers i mean in team taz's defense they were like right in his way
0: Nah, dude. Come on. They All were right. standing, They were, I mean, they were standing, like, what? right there. Look,
1: why are you against labor on <laughs> this issue? You, you are being a bad socialist. Ooh, you're I'm being you're, evil. You are being a bad socialist for not siding with labor on this.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I'm anti-labor. On this
1: issue, yes.
0: (laughs) Sometimes you need a little authoritarianism to step in and take control. Yeah, I didn't see any permits from those merch salesmen, those capitalist merch salesmen selling merch, probably made in some sweatshop, okay? Probably made on the backs of some child, and you think it's okay for them to just go peddle their wares. (laughs) Meanwhile, you have heroes, heroes of the Republic, Team Taz, coming out and regulating (laughs) and keeping them in line and making sure that everybody pays their fair share, and he redistributed those T-shirts by throwing them all over the place and letting anyone pick them up.
1: I'm glad we are litigating an angle from six months ago. Now, <laughs> or, or whenever that was. This, time, this is an
0: instant recap podcast. that's known for
1: its timeliness. <laughs> our, <laughs> our third match of the evening. Uh, Rebel. third match. Rebel, not Reba. Not Reba. Against oh hey look it's Hikaru Shida the AEW Women's Champion.
0: So you mean to tell me that there's an AEW Women's Champion?
1: Uh, you know what? Hand on heart.
0: I'm gonna need some more evidence.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, she was carrying <laughs> a belt. I mean. Well, okay, I
0: mean, a lot of people can carry belts. Okay? That's true. I, I, wore belt. I wore a belt today.
1: Yeah, I mean, was it? Did it? Was the buckle that big though? You
0: just that belt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Just said Bell Um this was a, a a good short match. Um yeah. uh H- Hikaru Shida getting the win via stretch muffler. Um, Rebel's a
0: good storyteller both comedically and just like theatrically. Uh this is like what where I think you know her lane kind of is, and she was really good at like the big cells and like the big spots she did, the crutch spot at the end, of course. Um the near falls were really good. I thought she was very serviceable. Uh, you know, Shida doesn't wrestle on this program enough and I think that's tough for her because I think she's at her best when she's active. She's a wrestler, you know, and she's a really good wrestler. She's a great athlete, so I think the more we see of her, actually, the better. I think she'd be a better fighting champion. Uh, I wish she would have more work over the last couple
1: months, but this is what we get. Um, So afterwards, we get some uh, extracurriculars between uh, Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker. Um, As we head into... uh,
0: By the the way, Britt Baker using the curb stomp, a move, like, famous like because of like the scene where it knocked out someone's teeth uh uh, is a perfect
1: finisher it's well right
0: supplement to the lockjaw it's perfect
1: and and of course does it way better than you know known clown seth rollins
0: aforementioned seth rollins yes
1: well, okay,
0: Seth had a couple of really good ones. The one to Randy Orton at WrestleMania in San Francisco is really good. Like, he should get, Here's the, like, Seth is a land of contrast. And, yes, he's a shithead. But, like, his work in, like, 2014, 15, and, like,
1: 16 was
0: pretty top-notch stuff. And, like, I, I can give him respect for that.
1: I, he's always he, – he'll always be Tyler Black to me. Uh, uh, Tyler Black was a big deal. There's a reason Seth Rollins got the gig is because Tyler Black was good. We then go backstage, and uh, recapping from last week, I guess, uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis trying to uh, talk Orange Cassidy out of uh, being in the match at uh, Double or Nothing, and it, uh, it it, it didn't work, so...
0: Orange, okay, tearing the contract slowly was quite funny, but when he, like like, straightened the little papers out and, like, went for the second tear, I lost my shit. I had a big... Yeah, that, that, that was...
1: That was top-notch. He was has like, incredible comedic timing. That was really good. And, of course, Don Callis has an extra copy, just in case. Just in case. You know what? Speaks to his preparation. I respect it. Well, actually, he should have had two copies because that way both parties can sign and then both parties have a copy of it. Personally, I also like to bring a, car- a carbon copy and a notary public, but that's just me. There you go. You know, nowadays, notary publics don't even have the the uh, the, the, the crimping thing. It's just a stamp nowadays. Like that's a, a really stamp.
0: great lane for like a mid card or low card wrestler trying to get an opportunity. Like be certified as a notary and then just like show up at contract signings and be like, I'm a notary. Hey, I can way. notarize as the notary. Oh, what? Peter Avalon, fuck the librarian. He's the notary now. Oh, God. Peter Avalon just shows up with his, he's got the, he's got like the stamp and he's like, I'll notarize any contract for you. <laughs> oh my God, it's the notary.
1: <laughs> oh, we didn't get. An in-ring promo with the Inner Circle, which, yeah, I know you hate these promos. And you know what? I do, too. So we're just going to move on from this one. Uh, yeah, they, they, they they accept they accept the double or nothing it's, match. It, it's, it's
0: a big part of things. So, like, I don't think I want to skip. You know, this is a, a about recapping the whole show. So at least I'll give it Jericho's effort was good. I didn't really care about the subject matter. I really want Santana back. Jake Hager sucks. Uh, and that's really all I got for that. Okay. Sam McVayara continues to get better, and I think will be a big deal. And I, I like seeing glimpses of it, and and that's like that gives me hope to see like what that guy's gonna be. Other than that, yeah, whatever. They accepted. Cool. We'll see that. We'll see that match later. Yep. We'll see that. Yeah. It, it'll
1: be a and big we'll see match. A
0: segment with them next week, which they'll announce later too.
1: That's right. Uh, we then get a uh, backstage segment with uh, Jade Cargill and uh, Smart Mark Sterling, and uh... I like Smart Mark Sterling. He's funny. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Jade, uh, Jade's still handling her own biz. And where he
0: belongs. She, you know, he tried to sell. He yep. tried doing the thing where he was like, uh, oh, you know, I'll work for you. I'll make you all the money, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, she shut him down and looked awesome doing it. Great dress. Great look. She's a star. I'm she- really uh, excited to see how this develops. And I, again, I think this is eventually leading to her having a manager who we haven't seen yet. Who is a big deal. I, I I you know what
1: I still agree with that. I still I'm still, still hoping agree. it's my original prediction of Awesome Kong, but we will see. Uh, on that note, our fourth match of the evening: uh, Serena Deeb defending the NWA Women's World Title against uh, Red Velvet. Uh, no word on whether or not Thunder Rosa is is stuck working power. She for may the have rest been, of eternity,
0: uh, may have been relegated to the power <laughs> zone for the rest of her life. So uh, RIP Thunder Rosa. She was already dead, but now she's even more dead. <laughs> um, what did you think of this match? Um, might have been the best pro wrestling of the night. Uh, Serena Dean is so good at wrestling, Jeff. She's so good at it.
1: You know, this is something was... about how
0: good she is at wrestling.
1: She was fantastic at wrestling. She did she's some fantastic like, wrestling. She's like
0: really like I'm trying to find all the words for it, but I'm not smart enough nor know enough about wrestling to accurately analyze someone who is as good at it as Serena Deeb. She's like an in-ring fucking genius. Uh, she is, and red velvet, this is very much a test for her, right? Like this was a red velvet step up to the next level test, right? She's had a few, you know, you know, featured matches, the stuff with, uh, Jade Cargill was up there, but Jade Cargill isn't anywhere near the wrestler Serena Deeb is obviously right. Uh, but velvet passed this test. She looked great. Serena Deeb made her look really good in a victory for Serena, but man, Really showed out. It, this was a, uh, just a pleasure to watch. It was just good to watch really good
1: wrestling. You know, the thing is, is that I, I I wrote this note down like probably about you know during the first half of the match, and I I actually thought I I thought that Red Velvet was um, radically outclassed for like a good half of that match. She well, didn't.
0: Who it when you're wrestling fucking Serena Deep? I That's mean, the she... thing is, like most of the people that Serena Deep's wrestling aren't going to be even close to as good as her. Now, and this is why it's like a test for young talent like velvet
1: right now. She did bring herself back. And I thought it was, I mean, it, it was a great match. It, 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 it and was that's very also, like, watchable,
0: matters, right? Like if you can like get, uh, get your legs underneath you, like when you have a big moment like this and when you're facing someone that good and when you can kind of get yourself together and pull your match together and have a strong finish, that's an indicator. I think of like, you know, what we're working with with red velvet and like what her potential is. Like she's got a really high ceiling.
1: Uh, Serena deep did, of course, uh, Tap uh, velvet out with the Serenity lock. Uh, Great good. Serenity lock. Love that finish sequence. It was really well done. That was good. No, no, no the finish sequence was. And perfect. when she pulled that thing back hard, I was just like, "Ooh, oh!" Yeah, ooh. Well, uh, after you know, slamming the knee into the into the yeah. canvas,
0: like it was really visceral. You're just like, "Fuck! Ow!" <laughs>
1: We then go backstage with Alex Marvez who was with uh Billy Big Fish uh the bastard pack. And uh of course he wants his uh he wants the match too. He he, he was stalking Kenny and you know, he, looking for him, you know.
0: Oh yeah, he wants to kick some ass.
1: He wants to How kick many people wanna
0: kick some ass? He does.
1: He does. He, he really does. Uh we then get our fifth match of the evening, uh Austin Gunn versus Anthony Agogo, with very many various and sundry at ringside. Uh, Cody Rhodes wrapped in an American flag wearing his American flag jacket. <laughs> oh,
0: it's, so good. it's so good because here's the thing. Cody knows exactly what he's doing. And everyone's getting really mad at Cody. Like seemingly not without the understanding that Cody knows what he's doing. If you don't think Cody knows exactly how this is playing out and how people view this... You don't know Cody Rhodes. I'm sure he knows. It's just this guy has literally spent his lifetime in the wrestling business. If you don't think he can understand how to fucking work people by now, that's all he does. He's a worker. And that's why he's so successful
1: It's because Cody can work. I'm sure that the the, the name value has a lot to do with it, too. You know, but I mean, when you
0: spend your life next to Dusty Rhodes, what do you think you're going to fucking learn? Well, I don't
1: know, Eric Watts didn't seem to learn shit, and he was- He wasn't right Dusty's kid! Like, no, he was Cowboy- no, he was Bill Watts' kid! <laughs> yeah, but Bill Watts isn't Dusty Rhodes, I mean, that's just- uh, Okay, I'll that Bill Watts is no Dusty Rhodes. I mean, that's true. Well, you know, like, we, what, what, like what, what, we really, what we really it's need. All... Go
0: ahead. I think this, and this whole feud is very polarizing. There's a lot of opinions about it. Um, it seems to be making a lot of people really mad. Which is great because it's wrestling. And the whole point of wrestling is to like invoke emotional responses from people, regardless of what they are. be they good, they be they bad, be they whatever. If people are responding strongly and emotionally, then what you're doing works. Um, what Cody's doing is working. I'm really enjoying it because I choose to view it as Cody is like a dumbass who loves America too much and he thinks this is like the best way to do it. And that to me, because guys like that are very funny. They're funny people, and like a guy who will catch an American flag when it's thrown in the middle of the air is funny. <laughs> that shit's hilarious to me. You
1: know, as we're talking, and we're talking about you know the, the you know children of, of famous wrestlers and all and becoming wrestlers. You know, I, it just it really occurred to me the one thing that has been missing out of out of Cody Rhodes's life. You know what that is? That, that is that is having a feud with the offspring of Terry Funk. Oh, okay. Because, All right. You know the the whole Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes thing. What are Funk's kids
0: doing? What's the What are the offspring of Funk's doing? Where are I they? have
1: absolutely are there any no idea? Out there I, wrestling? I, I I have not. You know what? If you are an offspring of uh, of Terry or even Dory Funk Jr., uh, hit, hit, us Funk. Hit, hit us up. up at BGTD Podcast. If,
0: if even if you know what, if you're too cold Scorpio and would choose to wrestle as Flash Funk, that's acceptable
1: too. Oh God. <laughs> uh jimmy jack funk need not apply <laughs> need not apply um uh with that uh yeah anthony gogo uh, beats the shit out of it awesome gun and uh we have a squash
0: and some extra curriculars and some stuff and then like i said uh, uh a gogo threw the american flag in the air and cody very hurriedly tried to catch it in a moment that made me laugh
1: really hard <laughs> We then go backstage with uh, the remnants of SCU, uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. SCU who? Uh, Christopher Daniels leaves, but not before whispering something to Kazarian. We don't hear what. Um, Kazarian then talks and then swears up and down he is going to start hunting down the elite for sp- as, it- as if for sport.
0: You know what? Cool for him. Also, all respect and condolences to Frankie Kazarian, who uh, lost his father over last weekend. So I guess this promo was taped, but he probably wasn't there or anything. But yeah, um, you know, obviously tough to lose a parent. I've been there. Sucks. All the best to Frankie Kazarian as he, uh, you know, mourns, grieves and comes back.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Our condolences to, uh, to Frankie Kazarian. Uh, during the commercial break, we get the Sammy signs again. Uh, I didn't
0: before we move on it, it, because I, we talked about this earlier with the Scorpio sky, Ethan page stuff. And then this little moment, this all ties into my working theory of those guys all coming together with, uh, Daniel's whispering something cryptically to Kazarian and then walking away. Uh, I still think that this all has potential to, uh, come back around.
1: Then we get the Sammy signs again, and for some reason, it's like uh, I, I'm associating Sammy signs with um, with AEW in the way that you associate the Doid Arts with Dragon Gate.
0: You know?
1: No, <laughs> so you know, I, I, are you aware of the Doid Arts? Not familiar with the Doid Arts. The Doid Arts. Oh, th- this is a great uh, tag. Th- this is a great gimmick where um, they usually pu- do this at a Cork and a Hall show before like a big show. And uh, they usually pull kids out of the crowd, you know, when, when there's you know crowds to be had. And okay. uh, it, it's Naruki Doi of of Dragon Gate uh, developed this. They basically pull a, a huge dart board with like everybody in Dragon Gate's name on it, and okay. you you throw darts at it, and like that's the uh, it, it, you create like random ass tag teams out of this for like a big like okay. for like a big eight eight or or ten man match.
0: All right, that's a, that's the whole thing.
1: Yeah, so it, it's a fun thing in in Dragon Gate. We like. I just want
0: to say that as as we talked about this, I just saw a uh, a short clip of someone who created the giant uh, hot lady Demetrisque from Resident Evil in uh, WWE 2K and used her to do the body slam Rodney Rousey. Uh, but it's like the Big Show in Mark Henry spot where the ring broke. Oh God. <laughs> so it's Lady Demetriusky like superplexing Ronda Rousey into the ring and the ring breaks and uh, just very cool. <laughs> oh okay, yeah,
1: you, you you need to send me that. I I need to see. Yeah, that. I'll send it to
0: you. I'm gonna re- I'll retweet it from the uh, from the Twitter account. So uh, well, if you it check out Twitter
1: well send it to me too gtd podcast uh
0: you'll see it on there but yeah i'll send it to you
1: (laughs) okay uh we then get a promo from miro where he first thinks jesus christ (laughs) i could not stop laughing after. he thanked him
0: twice which was even the best part of that like he didn't just thank jesus he thanked jesus for two different reasons
1: we really got it was pretty awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty miro is he's the man he's so good
1: Uh, we do get Lance Archer coming out and, uh, those two had a nice little promo battle there. Um, yeah. Miro, uh, cut maybe the best promo. I think pure
0: promo start to finish since he's been, uh, on the show.
1: Thank God we we are not suffering Kip Sabian anymore with Miro. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All the best to Kip Sabian. As far as injuries goes, you don't like to see anybody hurt. I hope he comes back stronger than ever, but I'm glad he's coming back without being Miro's like partner friend guy.
1: Yeah, because she, he was bringing him down, and, he, and he's bringing Penelope Ford down too. Let's let's, oh, let's, let's, let's no. be frank. Let's be frank here.
0: Oh um, damn!
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I said it. <laughs> he's a little fuckboy, you know. You oh, know how I mean,
0: is. I mean, he is like wrestling's fuckboy. Like he truly is wrestling's fuckboy. Like more than most fuckboys are wrestling's fuckboys. <laughs>
1: Uh, our main event of the evening, the Young Bucks, your AEW World Tag Team Champions and Executive Vice Presidents, Matt and Nick Jackson versus the Varsity Blondes, uh, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. with Julia Hart. And, uh, this was a good little PWG Young Bucks match.
0: PWG Young Bucks
1: match. It was so much more, Jeff, because
0: Griff. Can we talk about Griff Garrison for a second? You knew... We were going to talk about Griff Garrison. I I,
1: I knew you were going to talk about Griff Garrison, Paul. (laughs) Well, this
0: match was very much designed for people to go, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? And I think a lot of people found that out too. Griff looked great in this match. Uh, He had like the, the big momentum early in the match. Uh, He got a lot of offense in, Uh, he had a big hot tag towards the end and he did not take the pin. All three very important parts. Yeah,
1: I, I actually have a note about that, that uh, as a tag team, I, I still don't think Griff Garrison has eaten a loss.
0: Griff doesn't take the pins. Pillman does, and there's a reason for it.
1: Which is, Brian Pillman is not under AEW contract, I think is the, what the reason is.
0: And, like, Griff is a star. That's also pretty important.
1: Well, that too. Um, um
0: But, no, this was a really fun match. Um, to match the pace of the Young Bucks... Especially like champion young bucks, when you're like two guys in your mid twenties, is no small task. Like it's not easy to do what the varsity blondes did here. But this is something that the young bucks just do week in and week out, right? They just have big matches. It's just it's kind of just autopilot for them, right? Like and so I like as far as by young Bucks standards, yeah, this is like a match they have. But for the varsity blondes, this was a big deal, and they showed up. And it, it goes in with that theme of, you know, young talent being featured in losses throughout the night.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and, and lose they did, of course. The Young Bucks do retain after, you know, some fuckery with the uh, the cold spray. Luz... There was a lot of cold spray. So much
0: cold spray.
1: There was a lot of fuckery with it, too.
0: Yep, Julia Hart got cold sprayed,
1: too. Oh, yeah. Everyone cold sprayed. How do you cold spray that? How do you yeah, cold spray Julia too. Hart? You can't be cold spraying Julia
0: Hart. I'm sorry, Julia Hart. Uh, if he, are these guys bothering you?
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it was a, it was a really good match. So, uh, afterwards, uh, Mox and Eddie Kingston come out and uh, <laughs> choke the fuck out of them.
0: <laughs> but that's not all, Jeff. They finished this beatdown. First of all, they beat the shit out of the Bucks, choked them both out. And then did something that my Detroit heart was warmed by. They took their motherfucking shoes. And socks. And your socks. (laughs) Come get them snatched. Come fucking get some. Damn. It was so awesome. I, was, you, you, I lost you, my mind.
1: You have some strong feelings about this.
0: This is something... Listen, uh, where I'm from, this is like something that happens to people. Like, I'm, It's not like... I, it's not something that... like, It's not like a fairy tale. Like, this is some shit that happens to motherfuckers. You get your shoes took. Uh, so... I thought this was a great touch, especially because the Young Bucks and you know shout out to the tremendous workers that they are. They made sure to mention in all of their recent interviews they are going to be wearing their ten thousand dollar Dior shoes tonight. So they hyped up specifically what shoes they'd be wearing for this segment to come, and I
1: thought that's great. Yeah. Well, and they they they, they got them snatched
0: yeah it was that
1: was super fun
0: man what a great finish to the show i was laughing i was yelling at my screen it's just having a hooting and hollering i think the best way to describe my mood i
1: was hooting and hollering jeff hey you know what sometimes you just gotta hoot and holler that's right so uh and with that we end episode 79 of aew dynamite uh pretty good show I really enjoyed this one. Uh, We are rolling uh,
0: rapidly towards a go-home show and a pay-per-view. The second-to-last Dynamite before Double or Nothing. You don't even realize how close it is until it's here. And a lot happened. They packed a lot in. They got us a lot closer. And they announced a lot of really interesting stuff for next week's go-home show. So, yeah, I thought it was eventful. I thought it was fun. Not quite as polarizing. I don't think fan-wise. Had some really good wrestling throughout it. And, uh, you know, the storyline stuff was all good. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me at ThickFlareTtv on Twitter. All Cs, no case. Twitch.tv slash Thickflare, And, of course, this podcast, at BGTDPodcast on Twitter. That's B-G-T-D, like boom goes at i BGTD on Twitter. Uh, you can find oh, me. And, uh, I said I was going to plug John Wayne Murdoch, so we should probably plug John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, I was – I'm a man of my word. So we're going to do that. Uh, the Duke JWM, that's at the Duke JWM. Follow John Wayne Murdoch, Ratch wrestler and uh,
1: rabbit owner. Right on. And you can find me at Strong style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GDWessel. Uh, those of you who do follow the P W O M Podcast Network uh, will note that uh, I did release an episode of Busting Balls uh, this past. Uh, actually, I think I released it on Monday. So uh, anyway, we uh, we we talk a, a, an odd topic, but you know it, it's one relevant to to the sport of football. And uh, so go go check that out. Um, There may still be a podcast project coming from myself and some others who are also on this network, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, There's a tease for you. After the airing of the Collision in Korea episode of, uh, of Dark Side of the Ring, which is tomorrow, what time is that?
0: nine eastern i think
1: okay so eight 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 proper time then so (laughs) oh yeah yeah
0: that's true your time is way better than my time it's true it
1: it kind of is you know after being back here for almost two years yeah you know what central time rules
0: central time does rule you get all your tv just just earlier enough that like it's more comfortable but not like stupid west coast early
1: like we wouldn't be doing this show on wednesdays uh if we were on If I was still in Eastern time, if I was still in Indy, uh, this would have to wait for the weekend always. So, yeah,
0: we we, thank you, Central Time.
1: Yeah, see, bless Central Time. On that note, of course, uh, the next episode will be back on a Saturday because, because, uh, the scheduling screwed us. So, uh... yes, so
0: programming alerts Friday night, AEW Dynamite. So, next week, Dynamite will not air on Wednesday, it will air on Friday for Nothing weekend. We will be dropping our review episode of that on Saturday afternoon-ish. So keep your podcast feeds all subscribed
1: and notified and all that shit uh, for that. And then also, after also Double or Nothing, on, on Memorial Day... on the Yes, Memo- we're going to
0: drop a Monday Memorial Day Boom Goes the Dynamite uh, special. pay-per-view Double or Nothing super special... Uh, so stay tuned to that. Saturday and Monday,
1: we will have episodes both days. We we, we will entertain you during this coming Day You will be Memorial so goddamn
0: entertained. I can't even begin to explain to you. you got to subscribe to find out. But it's going to be so entertaining. You won't know what to do with yourself.
1: You won't even know. Paul, any last words? Free Palestine again. We'll see you next Saturday. Actually, a week from Saturday. Aha, sorry. A week from Saturday. Bye now. Later.